Good evening, everyone. Yeah. Depends how well, well the priest or bishop stays inside the sanctuary. He's permitted to not wear the mask. But once I step down on our carpeting, I have to put it on. <laughs> Such is the craziness of our times. Friends, our first reading, uh, we see uh, that a warm act of hospitality uh, given by a family, a woman, uh, uh, to an emissary of God, to an ambassador of God, uh, was um, our second reading. St. Paul says, it is through baptism that we are united into the very death and resurrection of Christ. Furthermore, in his writings, uh, a life lived doing the will of God will have an eternal reward. And uh, our gospel, uh, the gospel um, today has two great themes about it, uh, one of hospitality, but also one of sacrifice and suffering. And uh, uh, you folks know a great deal about hospitality, so I'd like to focus on the other theme, which is not so easy. And, uh, but when we look at it, the gospel reading is about a connection. And uh, uh, Jesus mentions the four who are connected in the very work of salvation, and uh, they are the Father in heaven. And Jesus himself, he mentions the apostle. He also mentions the disciples. The Father sends the Son with his message of love and salvation. The Son carries the Father's message to the apostles. And the apostles give the message to the disciples who would disperse it throughout the world. And all of them accept the Father's message, and they put it into practice. And all of them receive the Father's reward, which is gratitude now and eventually glory with him in heaven. All are connected in what we call the divine plan of salvation. And all of this is very, very nice. Mm. But it is hard for some Christian disciples to see themselves easily and gratefully connected to this plan. In particular, uh, I would like to uh, remind you of those who suffer in this world with pain and long-term sufferings of many kinds. And many of you know someone, a family member or a friend, who falls into this category of long-term suffering. And it could be a physical and deliberately uh, an illness of any type, but uh, it could be also in our time um, a psychological illness uh, such as severe depression. Uh, that is the one that one does not see uh, so much. There are some diseases you see and there's others you cannot see and yet uh, they are grievously painful, and the suffering is great. And there are any number of other challenges uh, in our time. Where do these kind of serious sufferings fit into the connection of the divine plan? Chronic suffering goes against the very grain of humanity. We live with increasing expectations that sooner or later, medical technology and science will give us all the answers and uh, defeat 
in all serious sufferings and illness. Uh, we can see the folly in that a little bit as we continue to navigate the pandemic. Science is working on it, uh, but cannot deliver just yet. My friends, uh, even in theology, as your pastor and priest, even in theology, it urges us more nowadays than in the past uh, to seek answers in medicines. No, not about salvation, uh, but about eliminating suffering and attribute less of suffering uh, to the will of God. Uh, when a priest and bishop, uh, and even when the deacons go uh, and do hospital visits, in particular, we priests strain our theology at times as we alternate our message to the person. And this evening, you saw me before Mass started, I anointed someone who was suffering. And uh, I rely on the sacrament in this case uh, to take over. I'm not able to really speak to her in this moment because it wasn't time. But when I go to a hospital, um, I'm an emissary of God as his priest, and I must bring a message of hope. I bring the sacrament, but I bring a message of hope to them, um, to the suffering parishioner. And that message uh, walks between hope in medical personnel and also in the surrendering to God's mysterious will. We do not know ourselves how to label their suffering lest we diminish their ray of hope um, on the one hand or surrender uh, in trusting faith on the other. Part of the word that Jesus passed on to us in the scriptures uh, has to do with suffering and uh, what to do with the ultimate level of suffering in particular that is known as death. Many of you uh, have experienced human death in your families, someone close to you, whether it be husband or wife, mom or dad, a child. And you know the great suffering that is uh, in that. We learn much from Jesus about it. Um, my friends, uh, when we look at Jesus' life, he did not willingly look for suffering or death himself. But when he realized that they had to be endured for our sake and for the surrender to the Father's plan for him. He did so. Why else was he on the mountain talking to Moses and Elijah before he, in the scriptures, said he set his face like flint for Jerusalem? Jerusalem is where they would kill him. And you can see Isaiah 50, uh, line 7, uh, for a description of this. And why else would he say in his passion, Father, if it is possible, let this cup of suffering pass from me. Matthew 26, 39. Jesus did not seek out suffering. Nor did he desire death. Those are just a couple quotes from the scriptures that will back up your pastor's words now. And most of us, quite understandably, want to be disciples and messengers in a wonderful way rather than in a suffering way. 
We want the gifts and the charisms, the splendid graces and the wonderful tongues of fire. We would rather avoid St. Paul's instructions when he says that we are always carrying about in the body the dying of Jesus. 2 Corinthians 4.10. That took many, many, many years for theologians to understand what he meant by that and then to try and explain it to you. We identify easily with the healing and the wonder-working Christ, for even the apostles did. They loved it when he did healings. They despised and became angry when he spoke about his suffering and death. They didn't like it. And he was referring to himself at that time. <laughs> he hadn't even got to the point where he was telling them, and by the way, this is going to happen to you. Even the apostles who walked with Jesus of Nazareth were reluctant in accepting it. But when suffering cannot be avoided, the human person has a choice either to curse it or to claim it with surrendering faith. The disciple of Jesus Christ claims it. If we claim it with faith, we will receive a matching pattern from the very life of Christ for our own lives, not to mention receiving abundant, amazing grace. We will come to know the power of God as it operates in challenging times and not only in the wonder-filled times of our lives. My friends, if there is a human portion from which Holy Mother Church draws its wonderful gifts and charisms of grace, that source is the martyrs and the believers who, from their long-term pain and suffering, builds up what is, as St. Paul puts it, what is lacking in the sufferings of Christ in his body, which we call the church. That is what St. Paul meant. It confuses many Christians. What does that mean? What did Jesus lack? And he's not what he's talking about, Jesus of Nazareth. He's talking about us, the church who suffer. My friends, I know you cannot see it, but when you go home, light a candle and take a look at the flame, at the base of the flame, there is a different color than the tip of it. The tip of it uh, tends to be very white and burns very hot. Uh, and, um, but at the base, it is typically bluish and orange and sometimes many things, but in this case, pain and suffering. Some in the church with their gifts and their great offices, and it's needed, are the tip of the flame, the white part. Others with their offerings and their connecting their sufferings to Jesus Christ. They are the crucible foundation. They are the purple. They are the red. They are the blue, which allows the white hot part of the flame to go and do what it needs to do. We must tell those who are suffering much 
that the work of salvation is always a passage through fire for some so that others may be light in the world in order to continue the mission of salvation to the glory of God the Father. When Matthew wrote this gospel, the church was a baby, if you will. And the early church was under great persecution. And many were martyred for the faith. Christians encouraged each other in such times of suffering about Christ's cross as they spoke even about their own suffering. It had and still does have deep meaning because it was a sign by which Jesus himself proved his love for you and for his Father. And in a concrete situation of being persecuted. And today, even as Christians are persecuted around the world, it remains a strong sign. And even as we have our own members who suffer greatly by many different things, but still his cross remains a sign of what could be expected of those who are going to be true to him. Those who suffer on earth because of him is what Matthew was really talking about. We'll share his, his crown of glory. But those who suffer in this world and do so with graciousness and do not curse God they too will share that crown of glory for that too is a suffering of greatness that gives glory to the Father. It is a mystery for us. The road of suffering is a difficult one. It is a comfort then to Christians to know that our Lord had gone down that road of suffering before us and, and because of that, that road is not the same anymore. His light and his grace illumine that road. And that road for Jesus ended in Calvary. But because of him, that road for you, for I, for any of us who suffer, will not end in Calvary, but will end in Easter. The great celebration of the resurrection. I remember my grandmother. She said that the way of love, and she suffered greatly, but that the way of love, deep love, results always in suffering. She was referring to the treatment she received at the hands of her husband. But, she said, true and deep love results always in suffering. And oddly enough, Grandma used a word that was not very common to her. She said, but the paradox, I'm not sure where she heard that word before. <laughs> but the paradox is that love is the only thing that makes suffering bearable and even fruitful. And allowed her 
to walk in forgiveness of the one who had caused her so much harm. mystery, brothers and sisters. In light of the hospitality portion of the first reading in the gospel, it is your role as disciples to assist those who are suffering. If you cannot alleviate it, then at least walk with them with hope and with joy and encourage them in their suffering not to give up hope. For the crown waits for them. In doing so, you will assist them and their time. And especially one of the greatest sufferings of all, when death comes for the one that they love. And friends, here at our parish, without using names, now, I, I approach my seventh year on July 1 here. The longest place I've ever been. Uh, give God the glory for that. Um, but in my seven years here, I've encountered people as the pastor and as their confessor that were under such great suffering. And all they spoke was love. Love of God, love of this community, never once cursing God. And I know so because I was also their confessor. They became a great sign to me here that it's always possible. And while it remains a mystery, their suffering, that they continuously gave God glory. I say that because we are in our pandemic and I have hundreds of emails of people complaining. And I think your suffering is not so great after all. But that's not a pastoral thing to say, is it? <laughs> so I tell them, I love you, I'll pray for you, you've got to be strong. But each one of us, each one of you, are called to be anchors of peace and joy. If you know someone who is struggling, whether it be from fear of the virus, from loneliness that it causes, show them a hospitality we saw in the first reading. And the one that Jesus speaks about, even the one who gives even a small drink of water to one of mine. Friends, an update on the Anno Catholic Appeal. Um, our assessment for our parish was $189,000, uh, and we have reached $139,000. Uh, so uh, the parish is being very generous. Uh, we're going to get there. Another 56000 and the Anno Catholic Appeal for our portion will be done, and uh, we'll be able to help others. That's what the Annual Catholic Appeal does, it helps others, and in addition to our own parish, but it helps others of Western Washington. My friends, my homily may not be what you were hoping to hear, uh, but uh, we must always talk about suffering in the context of Jesus Christ and uh, what it means. Uh, many people, they become very angry at God. Um, they're angry 
many people are angry at God now because of the COVID virus. Uh, uh, but uh, okay, well, that's one way to respond. Hello, Jeremiah. <laughs> uh, or <laughs> we could respond as Jesus does. He alleviated uh, pain and suffering as, uh, as was necessary in his time. And he left the, that for us now. So we do the same as much as we can.